Let me start by saying this is a particularly selfish episode for me. Yeah, I just said that. Selfish. What did you say? Okay, okay. Let me take that back. I guess it's also generous. I know this topic is helpful. I know that a lot of you are looking for guidance and best practices on how to optimize your resume or your CV. I get a lot of people asking for my advice, for input and suggestions regarding their resume. I guess this isn't surprising though, based on the work that I do with clients on developing their personal brands. So I keep getting the same resume questions from people and I keep saying, the same things over and over and over again. Recently, when I was talking with my friend, executive recruiter Sharon Ma Jin, she shared a similar story with me. In her role as an executive recruiter who gets hired by firms to find the best people, she finds herself constantly being asked by individual executives for advice on their resume. So Sharon and I decided to pull our expertise together, hers as an executive recruiter, and mine as an executive communication coach to help you with your resume. Welcome to Talk About Talk, episode number 146, Upgrade Your Resume. In this episode, you'll hear my interview with Sharon, and you're going to learn a lot, like common mistakes, do's and don'ts, and suggestions for formatting, content, and integrating your personal brand into your resume. Or is it your CV? And what's the difference anyway between a resume and a CV? Hmm. Yeah, you're going to get an answer to that question, too. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. Greetings again, and welcome to Talk About Talk, episode number 146, Upgrade Your Resume with executive recruiter Sharon Ma Jin. In case we haven't met, my name is Dr. Andrea Wojnicki, and I'm your executive communication coach. Please call me Andrea. I'm the founder of Talk About Talk, where I coach communication skills to ambitious executives through one-on-one coaching, boot camps, and workshops. My objective is to help you improve your communication and your confidence and your clarity so you get noticed for the right reasons and your career takes off. Sound good? In this episode, you're going to learn a lot. Here's how it's going to go. I'm going to first introduce Sharon, and then we'll jump right into the interview. At the end, I'm going to recap, and I'm going to share with you the top three learnings. Yes, always the power of three. You definitely do not need to take notes for this episode. Sharon and I worked together to create a summary of suggestions for you that you can easily access. We call it our resume tip sheet. Just go to talkabouttalk.com forward slash resume, and you can download it there. This is a huge value for you. First, you can listen to the advice in this podcast episode, and then you print the tip sheet. It's basically a checklist to guide you through the process of upgrading your resume. Again, it's at talkabouttalk.com forward slash resume. Yeah, I made it easy for you. So as always, you don't need to take notes because we've done that for you. You're welcome. Just keep doing whatever you're doing walking or driving or doing housework or sitting on the couch. By the way, if you are sitting on the couch, I hope you'll also watch Sharon and me on YouTube. Yes, I have a YouTube channel now. And I hope you'll check us out on the talkabouttalk.com website too. There are lots of resources there to help you out. If you're an individual executive, there's information about one-on-one coaching and boot camps. If you're a leader or an HR manager, 
Looking to boost the communication skills of your team? There's also information about workshops and keynotes. And there are free resources too, like the archive of this bi-weekly podcast and the free newsletter. I really hope you'll sign up for the Talk About Talk newsletter. That newsletter is your chance to get communication tips and coaching from me once a week. Okay, let me introduce my friend, Sharon Majin. I've known Sharon for years and years. She's a successful recruiter and she's a very generous human. This is the fourth time that Sharon has shared her expertise with us. Previously, she shared her expertise on episodes focused on networking skills, networking online, and communication skills for job seekers. Sharon and I have also collaborated on workshops together, typically focused on topics including personal branding and networking. She is a master networker. Actually, I would characterize her as a master connector, and she's generous, and she's outgoing, as you'll hear. Sharon's been active in executive search for over 25 years. She started as a client partner in the Toronto office of Corn Ferry International, the world's largest publicly traded executive search firm. While Sharon has successfully completed engagements in all functional areas, including sales, marketing, operations, human resources, and general management, her designation as a CA or chartered accountant has led her to developing an expertise in financial roles. Sharon earned her Bachelor of Commerce degree from Queen's University, and she articled at EY, where she performed audits for large clients in major industries, including manufacturing, utilities, and mining. Prior to joining Corn Ferry, she was also a director of internal audit at a major North American real estate developer and an internal audit manager with a major Canadian retailer. She also served as assistant controller at another real estate developer. As I said, Sharon has a lot of energy. Outside of her role as a successful recruiter, Sharon served on the Global Asian Advisory Board for PepsiCo, and her past board roles include BioCEO and Youth Science Ontario. She's currently helping with the EY Entrepreneur of the Year Awards program, and she serves on the founding committee of Women in Life Sciences. And I know that she also recently completed hiking 900 kilometers of the Bruce Trail. Yes, 900 kilometers. Congratulations, Sharon. Thank you so much, Sharon, for joining us here today to provide your resume advice. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. I'm just going to start by saying, fantastic outfit. We look like twins. Well, I knew it was one of your favorite colors, and you're all about personal branding. So I thought we I get a good laugh out of you if I dress sort of in your favorite color. I didn't realize you were going to do the same thing. So there we yeah, go. Yeah, that's funny. I love your your big lapels. So for those of you who are listening and not watching us on YouTube, we are basically wearing identical bright turquoise blazers. Uh, amazing. All right. Let's, uh, I've got a question to start off with here to kick us off. What is the difference between a resume and a CV or is there a difference? Great question. I don't really feel there's a difference. I find resume probably more junior people will refer to it that way. But with a CV, I find executives refer to it, but it really is the same thing, which is a summary of your experience, your skills, key accomplishments. Okay. So this is a, an important document. Clearly we're dedicating an, an episode to this. 
What are the most common mistakes that you see with your clients or people that are seeking advice from you in terms of their resume or their CV? Well, I think the number one thing that I see is some of them read like a job description. Mm. And what I really need is I'm looking at the key accomplishments. Because at the end of the day, companies hire you for three things. They hire you because you can help them make money, save money, or help solve an issue. So I would say the number one thing is where I need a sense of the scope in terms of the responsibility, but they're really missing the key accomplishments. And sometimes they're just too wordy. And the third piece would be they're not easy to read. Like there's just too much word. Words. I prefer the bullet point. Okay, so let's let's unpack each of those three because I think those are really critical. I I made this comment recently in an episode um, where I was saying sometimes if you're seeking advice, the things that they tell you you should do, you should pay less attention to, and the things that people tell you you should not do or the mistakes to avoid are actually the most important and most relevant advice for most people. I think this is beautiful advice. Someone someone shared this with me when I uh, when I was looking for advice on teaching, like performing in the classroom, and and this amazing teacher at Harvard Business School said, "Listen carefully to what the best teachers tell you about what you should not do." So, the first thing you said is, and I love this line, Sharon, include the the accomplishments. It's what can you say it again? What yes, that list your key accomplishments. Because at the end of the day, people hire you for three things. You're going to help them make money, save money, or help solve a problem. So, you know, when people just basically rate their job description, what they're responsible for, I mean, say it's a CFO. I know that's what a CFO does. What I want to know is what did you accomplish? Mm -hmm. And so I often say on the resume, you know, go so what? So what after every key bullet point, you know, to finish off how that impacts making money, saving money, or help solving a problem. So I just want to underscore this. So first of all, amazing use of the power of three, Sharon. Thank you. Another one of your great podcasts, by the way. That is my favorite episode, 93, the power of three. Uh, We had a lot of fun with that episode. So, but there are three things. So ask yourself, so what? That's huge after every line. And if, You've already answered the so what, great, move on. And otherwise you need to add something, right? And the thing is probably how you made money, saved money, or solved a problem for the organization. Another way of thinking about that, that I, I was just reading up on, on um, advice for resumes and CVs, it was focus on achievements, not on tasks, right? So so it's that's saying the same thing in another way. It's it not is. that you are describing the, your job description, it's what did you achieve, right? right? Love that. Okay, we could just end there. That's really <laughs> yeah. You could actually, if you could do that, if you did that, and you also for your companies, if they're not tier one companies, just add a sense. Like if they're companies that no one's heard of, tell me if they're public or private. Right. Tell me about how many employees, how much in revenues, because believe me, I am not going to Google that company to figure out you know your where you worked. So that yeah. if you did both those things. That's pretty, that's pretty all you you need to do. Yeah. We're starting with the big stuff here. So this, this relates to something that you mentioned in a previous interview that we did, where you said, make it easy for the other person. They should not have to Google the organization, right? For example. Right. right. Beautiful. Make it easy. People generally want to help you. So you, if, if you're looking for a job or yeah. you want a job, make it 
easy for people to understand your background. Right. You know, I come at this from, you know, over 30 years experience. I've looked at thousands of CVs slash resumes. And at the end of the day, I mean, I, I that's what I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to understand your background. So make it easy for me to, to understand it. So the second mistake that you brought up was that people make their resume or CV too long. What yeah. is the ideal length? I would say ideally two pages, yep. but I would also tell people, please don't get hung up on it. Like in other words, whether it's two or three pages, it takes three pages so that I can clearly and simply understand your background, take it to the three pages, right? Like mm. if you know what I'm saying, like it depends on where you're at your career. If you've got lots of key accomplishments and they're really, they're, I go back to the personal branding, but it makes it positive, relevant, and unique in terms of who you are. We really don't get hung up on the two or three. Sometimes the one page for an executive is probably too short. That's more yeah. of a that's probably more of a board bio. Yeah. Whereas um, for an executive, two pages, two to three is is normal. Anything more than three, you're probably getting too wordy, or you can cut out some of your earlier jobs. Okay, that's interesting. I've heard two pages, two pages, two pages, two pages. Uh, you know, since forever, unless you're very junior, right? Like, you know, my son is a third year college student, so he should really have a one pager, not a two pager. Uh, it makes sense as you've had more experience that it would take more lines just even to list your job experience. Right. Correct. But, and you mentioned maybe a board CV would be one page, which, which leads me to think about sort of customizing based on your industry. So in academia, where you're listing all of your publications. Like yeah. I've seen resumes that are over 10 pages. I've seen I, them at 30 with the yeah. PhDs. Absolutely 30 yeah. with all the publications. Yeah. Yeah. So it, so I guess the answer is two is probably ideal. Three if necessary. One if you're junior. And then consider your industry. Is that what you'd say? Correct. One other quick question you and I were working with someone who who shared a one-page, very succinct CV, right? And at the bottom, it said, more details available upon request or an extended version, basically, right? And then this executive had, I think it was like a five-page version. Yeah. What do you think about that as the a more recruiter? Yeah, no, uh, more details to follow, that's dated. That was the old days. It's like references available upon request. That's, those are the old days. You don't need to do that. You should be able to, especially if you're an executive, and if you can't get there to two or three pages, you need to hire Andrea because <laughs> then you're not communicating, you know, concisely and tightly because really you should be able to get there. Yeah. Okay. So this is an interesting question. This is something else that I was reading about was sometimes this is like hard for me to imagine, but you just gave a great example. Sometimes there are signals that you can have written on this piece of paper, the digital or hard copy piece of paper, right? That signal that you're old or dated or out of touch, not, right. not even necessarily old, right? Right. For example, references available upon request, yes. get rid of it. Yes. I'm trying to think of other things. So the other one that I, that I always find fascinating is, and I'm not going to name the uh, the platforms, but there are some email platforms that people started using 20 years ago or more where those platforms barely ever exist. And the only people I know that use those platform forms are all, let's say, let's say over 60. 
it's not a good look. If you want to show yourself as, um, and I, I'm not being ageist here. I'm just saying if you, if you, um, if you want to show that you're up, up to speed in terms of technology and platforms, which is probably something that all leaders and executives want, you want to minimize those signals. So what else? So, so well, you're right. So if you have a Hotmail account, yeah. not, not so great. <laughs> you should do, you should be, you know, a Gmail account, put your LinkedIn, yeah. you know, like in there, right? Like those bring you up to date very quickly, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I can tell the Hotmail account. Mm. And then usually if there's no y years of graduation, it's usually another sign. I'll be honest. You know, you can yeah. just tell when you look at how many years experience or you, you know, you look at where the jobs are or if they say, I can usually figure it out. There's no years, there's no years on graduation. And then it says yeah. prior experience includes this, this, and this, there's no dates, you know, and, and the irony is, as I say to a lot of people is that at the end of the day, companies hire you because you can help them make money. I'm going to say this again, make money, save money, or help solve an issue. I've done lots of different searches. I've put people into roles, into CEO roles in their 60s. Because yeah. again, you tie it to culture. In that case, they need the seasoning and the maturity. I've yeah. had one executive where he kept saying, you know, I'm very active. I'm very active. And I, and, and I had to put my pen down and said, please stop this. You're obviously hung up on your age and you wouldn't be here if if I thought, felt that was an issue, you know, my clients don't care. I don't care. I just want to know that this person is going to be a great cultural fit first. And then yeah. they have the skills to help them make money, save money, help solve an issue. Beautifully, beautifully put, Sharon. Um, so I did get this question, maybe I think it was last week when I did an open Q&A on personal branding on LinkedIn. And somebody asked me that very question. He is in his 60s. He is uh, retired from, I think, the, the US military. He is very active. And he said, my resume screams old guy. How do I, how do I change this um, in terms of my personal brand? So you're saying don't worry about the, the years? Well, I, what I'm saying is, I hope he has a Gmail account. Put in the LinkedIn, like, you know, start, do not have references available upon request or detail. Yeah. And then what I'm sort of saying is, no, in this case, you can leave out the years and then you can just say, you, you could say just prior experiences, whatever. Yeah. But then yeah. your last 10 or 15 years is what most people care about, right. frankly, anyways. And so what you really want to shine there is key accomplishments. So I, right. I don't know what his resume looks like, but if there's some really relevant key accomplishments that can tie into the company in terms of helping them make money, save money, or help solve an issue, you know, that would be fantastic. Like the gentleman that I placed that was in the 60s for a CEO role, I needed it as a family-run business, you know what I mean? And I needed someone to help them pivot from a family-run business to translating, like sort of like to moving them to the new era. Yep. And so we have a five-year contract, you know what I mean? And he will exit, you know what I mean? And bring in his successor when they're ready more for that active change. Whereas if I thought of someone who was probably in their 40s or 50s, it probably would have been too much change for the organization. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. So that's inspiring for folks that are, I mean, you know, we're all getting older. <laughs> so if you're not there yet, this is still advice that you should be heeding. Yeah, absolutely. In the last year, I've, I've done two SEAL searches and both gentlemen were in their 60s. Okay. Okay. So you talked about 
sharing, let's get on into the formatting. The, the three things that you said were the biggest mistakes, again, were number one, uh, not focusing enough on accomplishments, achievements, how you save money, make money, or solve a problem. Number two was uh, too long. Right. And I think you said number three was the format. Yes, the okay, format. So, so, and you just touched on there should be more detail on the most recent roles that you had. Right. And again, pulling out the the um, ways that you made money, saved money, and solved a problem. So beyond that, in terms of formatting, can can you get into some of the things that you've seen that work really well or don't work really well in terms of format? Sure. I mean, the one, the number one pet peeve I have is I don't like functional resumes. Okay. I prefer chronological. Yep. And the reason for that is I have to figure, sit there and try to match your key accomplishments <laughs> to various jobs. You're making me work too hard. Right. So I am a big fan of of chronological resumes. Look, in, in, in executive search, we spend less than a minute on a resume. We start, we, where, where did you get your education? Yes, 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 yes. That seems like natural progression. Okay, now the last 10, 15 years in this role of CEOs, you know, what did they accomplish, right? So when you have functional, I'm trying to figure out which company, because some of these companies, it's relevant for me what you did at those companies and you're right. making me work too hard to figure that out so so that would be one thing and then the other thing is bullet points right i i don't want a whole bunch of words keep it tight keep it concise right bullet points andrew i'm sure you're supportive of this are yeah. easier on the eye yep. to read right yeah yep. so those would be some things and that's what i mean about formatting key thing make it easy for people to understand your background right so if it's a no-name company please put down private public family-owned sense of revenue number of employees so i have a sense of scope of responsibility mm -hmm. you might want to say reporting into yeah. like i had a, a person who's a cfo it turns out he's the most senior person here in canada i didn't realize that mm -hmm. i said what did you say that he's referring to a global head so well then that's a that's a game changer. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're the most senior. So if that's relevant, reporting into then you what is it about leadership? It's about people. So why would you not put something about, you know, direct reports of X number with a total team of whatever? And then in the so what, it would be coached and develop three of them who yeah. are now in leadership roles. Because as you advance in your career as an executive, number one, it's all about people leadership. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. if you don't get your people aligned, you can't create that vision and get them aligned. You're not going to be successful. Yeah. So I've had some resumes where there's not one comment about people leadership. Right. Yeah. You you and, and I they, have, you and I have worked with some folks where in on their personal brand or their professional identity, yes. nowhere do they talk about leadership. I said the word lead, leader, or led doesn't show up anywhere. Are you not a leader? Oh, remember we were we were coaching one gentleman who was the same. He was looking for a job in sales, and he was a great guy. Yes. Worked as a, he's a successful salesperson. <laughs> Sales wasn't on his CV. Do you remember? Exactly. I sent him to your boot camp big yeah. time. Yeah. I, I yeah. spoke with him one on one. And yeah. then he's 20 minutes telling me he was a salesperson. He was a salesperson. And then I paused him and I said, okay, you've told me for 20 minutes you're a salesperson. And that word sales is not anywhere on your resume or yeah. LinkedIn. He yeah. looked down and he said, Oh my goodness. Like, you know what I mean? And I said, you will never be found. So, I mean, he was the job seeker. And I said, the key word, you know, yep. in any search, whether it be internal recruiting, external recruiting, is you're going right. to put in sales. 
You'll yeah. never show up in any search. Yeah. So, so let's digress a little bit from, for, I want to talk about format uh, more, but keyword, you said keywords. Yes. This is, this is key. <laughs> yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, as a, I, I'm going to just say as a marketer, I've worked in marketing, I have a degree in marketing. Using keywords used to be like, oh, you're just, you know, you're keyword stuffing. It's like, well, no, I'm making sure that I am, I am discoverable by the algorithm. Beautiful coffee cup, Sharon. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I want that cup. <laughs> she has a turquoise coffee cup. Um, yeah, we want to make ourselves discoverable. So don't think of it as manip. I mean, the the terms that you're using need to be the terms that you are that uh, someone will be seeking or, or uh, I guess entering right into an, into LinkedIn, for example. Um, and, and then even just generally when someone skims it, they should be seeing the words that are relevant to what you're looking for. Of course they need to be true. Right. So of course this is, you know, absolutely. You do keywords like sales. Of course, one of your keywords is going to be sale. The other thing is, is that that's where everybody goes, like is LinkedIn now, right? That's the first place they go. So if you want to, you know, create your personal brand or you're seeking a job, don't just chronologically list your jobs. I've seen a few profiles. So the first thing I do, if someone's interested in a role or whatever, I'll go look at their LinkedIn. And, you know, hopefully it's robust because I don't have a resume yet at this point. But yeah. I'm shocked at the number of people who all they do is just list their jobs and their key skills. There's yeah. no key accomplishments there. Mm. So and, what is the difference between what you would put in a CV versus on a LinkedIn profile? Great question, Andrea. I get it all the time. Um, a resume is more formal. And that's the way I like to think of it. It's, it's more formal. You know, it's more that, you know, listing of your job. It's more objective. Whereas in a LinkedIn profile, you can let a little bit more of your personality shine, shine. Like, you know, in the about section, it can be more, you know, I this, I this, or I love doing this. So you let a little bit more of your personality. It's a little bit more, less formal, more right. casual. So, okay. That's a great answer because... Yeah, a lot of people I noticed in their about section, it's kind of the tip off, right? You read the about section and it's written like a formal corporate biography. What it really should be is if you were given the microphone and asked to introduce yourself, you know, in in say a, a corporate networking event, what would you say? So it's it's like more than you probably would say if you were really in that scenario because you've got many 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 words you can you can, you know, fill that whole section in. What would you say? So you're still professional, but you're more personal than you would be if if it was, a, you know, a formal job interview. Um, love it. That's a bingo. Bingo. Absolutely, Andrew. And that's what I look for. I can get a sense. And again, please, please use bullet points. Like, don't send me a whole bunch of words. Like, you should, you should be tight. Sometimes people write a whole story. It's yeah. too much. Yeah. It's too yeah. bullet points. Yeah. So back to the format. So in, at the top of a LinkedIn profile, as you know, we have the headline, which is around 220-ish characters. And a lot of people just put their title and their firm. And you have you could you can put, you know, your your leadership style. You right. could you could put like if you have a mantra, you could put uh, your personality, your values, your strengths, your expertise, your industry, your function. I could go on and on, right? That's uh, so that's for LinkedIn. At the top of a lot of people's resume or CV, they also have a summary section. Do you have some suggestions for formatting that? 
Absolutely. That is worthwhile. But usually I, I say it's almost like your elevator pitch slash your headline, right? Mm-hmm. You don't don't spend a lot of time on it in terms of lots of words and stuff like that. But it is it is say like the way I say it, it's almost like your elevator pitch. Seasoned, you know, finance leader with over 25 years experience in MA, capital raising, dealing with analysts, you know, led teams of you know, direct reports of three to 10, teams of 20 to 30. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like something along that line. Like it's basically like your elevator pitch yep. in terms of, and then out of that, I should be able to pull a headline. So, oh, you might want to put in the word global, right? Global, I cannot believe the number of people who have global experience and don't put that in because mm-hmm. in Canada, you don't get a lot of people with global experience. Right, right. So I, I I will always usually be editing people. Actually, when I'm doing interviews, I end up coaching now at the same time. I can't help myself, to be honest. I and I go, I'm so sorry. I know I'm in, we're interviewing, but I can't help. But even if it's not yeah. this role, but for future, I need to tell you this, right? Yeah. Like you're missing this word or you should yeah. be saying this, right? So I guess with me, they're getting a double value. You're you're too generous, Sharon. You really are. I'm I'm glad that we're doing this interview now because then you can just send them send them this podcast exactly. episode. So uh, this point that you know a lot of people don't have the word leader for example in their in their summary section at the top or even mention as we said for this sales manager that you and I were talking about they don't even have their their industry or their functional expertise uh the word global are there any other words that that folks are um that recruiters or hiring managers are looking for that are sometimes missing that you can think sure. of the people leadership side would be another key area. Like I'm shocked like at how many people won't talk about that. And, and that's what leadership is all about. That's right. Me. That's, you know, like 101 leadership. So yeah. I, I'm shocked at that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, if you have a different language, like if you're bilingual, please. Ah. I, 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 I had people. I said, yeah. why don't you start with bilingual? Yeah. That's unique. Like yeah. I get it. Go back to one of your best podcasts, Andrea, which is your personal branding. Like what makes you positive? relevant and unique right right so when i've called people out on that i said you've got global experience you're bilingual you know what i mean you you like it's like you know you've got startup and corporate experience right you've done m a you've done capital raising those are skills now right yeah so i wanted to ask you you've really answered the question already uh about how to incorporate your personal brand in so it's it's asking yourself beyond the save money, make money, or solve a problem, right? Beyond the so what, going beyond tasks to achievements and accomplishments, that's a big part of it. But then in terms of incorporating your personal brand, it's making sure everything that is that you want to share that's positive, unique, and relevant is is clear in the summary and then woven throughout in the other sections. Correct. What about in terms of formatting? So I just read an article that said that more contemporary resumes are now the format is including not just different fonts and different you know words or ways of listing things or categorizing the information but they're they're using for example um color logos and images have you seen no. that I, have. I haven't seen that. I, I have, but it's usually people who are more creative, like it's like especially marketing people. Okay, okay. Okay, like architect types, marketing types. Um, you I've seen that, right? Okay. But they, they add no value for me in terms of my roles that are C yeah. level. Right? Like yeah. I don't if anything, it just crowds out the resume. Yeah. 
Interesting. So that that reminds me, I recently updated my one-page personal branding template and I put logos in. So I put the Talk About Talk logo, I put the Harvard Business School logo, I put the Inc. Magazine logo, and um, I was sharing it with a client and they said, well, that makes sense because you're in marketing and branding and it's these are the brands. And I was like, true. So yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. I guess this, this goes back to the point of customizing it for the industry that you're in, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. Just like you were saying earlier, the PhD resumes, there's 30 pages. I get tw- yeah. 30 pages sometimes, 25 yeah. easily. Yeah. But I get that because I, I, it's it's just what, you know, they do. It's more academia. So what and are the main what are, publications? Yeah. Sorry. sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. What are the main sections? Just last question, I guess, on formatting the section. So you have the summary section and then you have your work experience in chronological order, reverse chronological, right? So with the most recent first, with more detail, less detail on your older experience. What else? What are the other main sections that you see in, in the education, ed- education, obviously, and professional development, but only if it's unique. OK, like and, and in terms of hobbies, that's another section we should cover in terms of hobbies. Unless it's really unique. I don't need to know that you garden like, you know, you run like if you want to tell me that you ran a marathon, if you want to tell me you're an Ironman. Maybe you mentioned that. Right. But if it's again, really positive, relevant, and unique, I don't uh-huh. want. I don't really need motherhood stuff. Like it's what I wanted to say. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great point. So I read that when people share personal information, for example, in a corporate biography, that it makes people like them more because they, they are more interesting and they're more quote unquote human. Right. And so therefore you might think in, um, you know, on your resume, you, you might want to include personal uh, endeavors or achievements or whatever. Uh, not-for-profit boards, like that's sometimes nice to yeah. see, right? But I mean, I've had some resumes say happily married with four children. And I, I and I go, okay, uh, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do yeah. with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like, you know, that was sort of a bit yeah. unusual. I think, I think that that is a very good point. So don't put personal things in for the sake of putting a personal personal facts in. If there is something that is stands out, right? Where you stand out, where it's positive, unique, and somehow relevant. I've got a great example. This was someone, a mutual um, friend of ours, Sharon, who in the second coaching session I did with him, he told me that he just, he, he goes, sorry, I'm, I'm a mess. I just got back from a run. I said, oh, you run. He said, oh, I run every day. I, I In fact, I run ultra marathons. And I said, how is this just coming up right now? You run ultra marathons? And he said, yeah, we ended up putting avid runner in his LinkedIn profile as like the last point. And I said, if someone says to you, what's this avid runner thing? And you and you say, I run ultra marathons. I said, I, I'm automatically thinking, wow, he he's ambitious and he's disciplined right Correct. away. So it's Me positive. Too. Yeah. yeah. But, then, but then I would say, Andrea, I would have had him put avid runner or just, I would have just had in brackets, ultra marathons, or I would just have read, I would just have had him write run ultra marathons. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like in other words, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Avid runner is a motherhood. It's a generic statement, right? Running ultra marathons, positive, relevant, and unique. Yeah, that's, that's true. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I so I would have had him. Cha- don't even put avid runner. 
just right. His banner wow. image. His banner image was uh, a picture of him at the starting line for a uh, for a marathon, and you could see that it was you know for a marathon. Anyway, yeah. Ultra marathons I, take it to a next level. I have yeah. to be honest with you. Like, I, know, I know. I'm a, I'm an ex runner myself of half marathons. I ran one marathon in my yeah. life, but yeah. ultra is is I would actually just get him to change it and just go run ultra marathons because yeah. that takes him to a whole new level, like an Ironman, right? Yeah. So you're reminding me on my LinkedIn and CV, I have um, I have black belt in Taekwondo, which which is not that common, right? So it is yeah. it is unique and, and people are. Yeah, and I know exactly. when people have introduced me when I'm doing a, a speaking engagement, for example, or, or running a workshop, they'll say, "And she has a black," and I'm like, "Oh yeah." So, so well, Andrea, I just I just finished, as you know, on October 20th, I just finished walking or hiking the 910 kilometers of the Bruce Trail and like, from Niagara Falls to Tobamori. And there's only 4,000 something people who have done it amazing. in the 50 years, 55 years, the trail has been around. So I just accomplished that goal. So I really I'm really proud of that. Uh, you should be. That's going that needs to go on your LinkedIn and on your CV, Sharon. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not looking for a job. No, I know. Helping people find a job, but yes. Yeah, yeah you're right. I should update it. Thank you yeah. so much. That's a yeah. great so, so two questions before we get to the, the three rapid fire questions. The sure. first one is, if you were starting from scratch, okay, from a blank sheet of paper, and, you know, say you were like a, a new partner or a, someone who's seeking board positions, right? And you're like, I'm just going to start from scratch and use best practices. What would you do in terms of starting to create your your resume? Would you start with a template? Would you just start listing things? What would you do? Great question. I start with the template because there's so many out there, right? That template is going to be, you're going to do your resume chronological. You're going to have a summary. You're going to have a Gmail account and your LinkedIn, you know, and ideally sometimes your city even. So people know, you know, I mean, yeah. although nowadays, no, I think with senior executives, you should still have your city and yeah. where you're from. And then you're going to do key accomplishments, you know, in terms of you're going to look at each company. If it's not a, a tier one company, you're going to give me a sense of what they are. So I don't have yep. to Google it. And so that when I and then you're going to have your education section and then you're going to have your um, section in terms of um you know, unique hobbies or maybe pro like things that you might be passionate about. You might be really passionate about mental health and you've taken on a row. And that that should be it. So that if I start at the bottom, I can go, mm -hmm, that's an interesting, wow, this is an ultra, ultra marathoner. That's interesting. You're right. Discipline, focused, and obviously a high high achiever. And 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 then, you know, where did they go to school? Da, 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 da. Okay, they start off in, in uh they did their CPA, you know, at one of the big five firms, and then they went and controller, whatever. Now they're a CFO. Okay, now the last 10 years, these are CFO searches. They've raised capital, you know, they've dealt with analysts, yep. et cetera. They've had people leadership, and it's all sort of key accomplishments where they might have done some uh, ERP implementation, saving money. They might have done capital raising, helping make money. Yeah. And then so, your elevator pitch would so be that you're quantified. So, so yeah. start at the bottom. I like that. That's that's uh, interesting advice too. When you're even yeah. when you're creating it, creating it. If you Fresh. feel overwhelmed about creating your summary, do that yeah. last. Work your way up yeah. to it. Exactly. All right. And then you'll get into the flow. Then you'll get into the flow. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that's what I do when I do a podcast. I don't write the description of the podcast first. I think about what I want the learnings to be, right? And yeah. then I create the outline. Um, yeah. And and then I do the description last. So it's kind of the same idea. Okay. Last question is. What about a cover letter? So I was I was thinking about how 
we used to, you know, have our CV or resume. And then we took all this time crafting on this eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. I, I guess I'm really asking two questions here. So one is about, do people have hard copy CVs or resumes anymore? Or is it all just an electronic or a digital, um, a digital document? And what about the cover letter? If it, even if it's digital, are you actually including a letter as part of your CV or is that just, you know, the email that you're, you're attaching your CV to? How does that work? Great question. Yeah. And again, times have changed. So the resume, basically everybody's got on digital, like very few, very few people do the hard copy now. I mean, it's just so easily accessible, right? Yeah. And so, so digital for sure. Number two, the cover letter, it seems so weird, right? That's, that's, I don't think you even call it a cover letter anymore. I think you call it like an elevator pitch or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, you know this, Andrea, from some of the other tips, never include your cover letter as an attachment. Right. Why? Because everybody reads the everything on their smartphone. It is a pain in the butt for me to sit there and open up that document and then open up your resume. So always send it in the body of an email. Yes. And that cover letter should be, why, why are you positive, relevant, and unique for the role? Or, Andrea, I go back to one of your Harvard-published how to introduce yourself, right? The present, the past, and the future, right? So you should have enough information in that elevator pitch that I that I don't need to go to your resume unless I need further detail. Right. In other words, if you're a seasoned marketing person, salesperson, I should mm. be able to pick it up right from that piece. And I mm. only use your resume as backup or further detail. So if you haven't listened to Andrea's podcast on how to introduce yourself, which by the way, it was Harvard published, it's a great way to start, right? Yes. The present, the past, and the future. And then the other thing is the most, the, I'll end with this, the most expensive piece of real estate in your subject line of your email, please, please don't send me things looking for a job or help or like if that is such a waste. That should be a reflection of your headline. So why? Because everybody reads the subject line on their on, on their emails. So if it's like, you know, Dr. Andrew Wajinki, you know what I mean? Communications, PhD, communications expert, you know, personal branding. That's your headline, right? right. Like, you know what I mean? So if you're looking for a job, Global, your name, global CFO, capital raising, you know, M&A, you know, looking for next role. Make it easy for people so that, so that when that role comes up, people think of you. It's the same thing underneath your LinkedIn, under your headline. Keep repeating that. What is your headline that yeah. makes you positive, relevant, and unique? That's what I'll end with. Beautiful, Sharon. Oh my goodness. I never thought of using the three-point self-introduction framework in terms of your cover letter or the email. That is a fantastic use for that framework. Beautiful. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you the three rapid, I changed it to three, power of three, the three rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Question number one, what are your communication pet peeves? What communication-related things bug you? Okay. <laughs> We've talked about it already, but if I just do this rapid fire, the first thing that comes to mind is I have to work really hard to understand your background because it's, yeah. your resume is too wordy, there isn't yeah. bullet points, and there's yeah. no key accomplishments. Yeah. I love it. It's, it's disrespectful to not make things easy for other people, isn't it? Correct. It is. Yeah. It is. Like, I don't know who this company is. Yeah. I have no sense of who they are, what they are, and you expect me to go Google it? I yeah. won't be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You just got, you just lost that job. Yes. Okay. That's a fantastic one. Second rapid fire question. Introvert or extrovert? 
Should we take a vote, Andrea? As an extrovert, plus, 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 like you, I get my energy from people. If I don't see people for a while, uh, it's hard on me. So absolutely, extrovert. Uh, uh, yeah. Sharon is off the charts. She is an off-the-charts extrovert. Um, it, it, should come, it comes through in your voice, too. All right, the third rapid-fire question, Sharon, is do you have any general communication advice for middle and senior level executives, just in terms of how they can elevate their communication? Uh, great question. I mean, my first thing is, we talked about it earlier, is make it easy for people to understand your background and be respectful of people's time. So, I mean, we talk, talked about how summarizing at the top, doing a chronological resume, using bullet points. If the company's not a tier one company, do a quick one-liner private, you know, family-owned revenue, number of employees, have the education section. And if you have a unique hobby, you're an ultra marathoner, et cetera, or, you know, et cetera, include that. And if you're passionate about certain causes, you can include that to make it a little bit personable. But the bottom line is just be respectful of people's time and also make it really simple and easy for people to understand. And even if you're a rock star CEO, it doesn't mean that you know, people are going to quickly understand your background, et cetera. You've got to really make it simple. Fantastic simple. advice. Thank you so much, Sharon, for sharing all of the advice that you have in this interview focused on optimizing your CV and your resume. Thank you. Right. And thank you, Andrea, for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Isn't Sharon fantastic? Thank you again so much, Sharon, and congratulations again on completing the Bruce Trail 900-kilometer hike. <laughs> if you want to hear more from Sharon, you can check out Talk About Talk episode 45 on networking, episode 67 on online networking, and episode 107 on communication skills for job seekers. I do not expect you to memorize that, by the way. Of course, you can always check out the show notes to find those episodes or go to the talkabouttalk.com website. And while you're there, don't forget, download the free resume tip sheet that we created for you. It's a succinct summary of everything we covered in this episode. Just go to talkabouttalk.com forward slash resume. Now, if I had to choose three things that I hope you'll focus on from this episode, here's what they are. Number one, make it easy. This is a great point that Sharon made. You do the work, not the other person. Make it easy for them. For example, make your resume chronological, not functional. Make it easy to track. Also, lists, not paragraphs. And no extra attachments or unnecessary clicks. Use the body of your email as your cover letter. And if your experience includes a firm that people might not be familiar with, briefly describe it. You get the idea. Don't assume that they're gonna go to extra effort. Make it easy for them. So that's the first point. Make it as easy as possible for the reader. Point number two, focus on your impact and achievements. As Sharon said again and again, focus on how you made money, saved money, or solved a problem. We are less interested in your job description and more interested in your quantifiable achievements. Got it? So the first one is make it easy. The second one is focused on your impact, not on your job description. The third key point is to integrate your personal brand. Ask yourself, what are the unique things about you that you want the reader and ultimately the interviewer to know about you? 
Then, make sure these things are clearly and consistently communicated in your resume. Of course, this means using keywords that might apply to you, such as your industry or your expertise, or perhaps words like leader or global. It also means summarizing your main points of differentiation at the top of your resume. Again, your industry or functional expertise, but also your leadership style and significant awards and milestones. And you can even integrate your personal brand into your resume with formatting. Things like colors and fonts and formatting all implicitly communicate something about you. Now, of course, I want to remind you that our resume tip sheet provides much more detailed suggestions, but these are three things that I hope you'll focus on as you upgrade your CV. Number one, make it easy for the reader. Number two, focus on impact and achievements. And number three, integrate your personal brand. Again, please go to talkabouttalk.com forward slash resume to download your free resume tip sheet. You can use it as a checklist as you upgrade your resume and upgrade your career. Well, I certainly hope this was helpful for you. Thank you for listening and talk soon. 